All episodes of It's Great Business reflect the views and opinions of Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group and its guests and do not reflect the official policy or guidance of employers or government entities. You're listening to It's Great Business, sponsored by Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, where great business equals great people. Welcome to another episode of It's Great Business, and I'm Janice Berg-Levy. Today, I am really, really excited because we have with us Ava Anderson. And Ava is a musician. How unique is that in terms of the guests that we've had to date? And she's going to fill us in a little bit about her career, where it is at this point, and how she got into it. But let me tell you a little bit about how she got started. Actually, she started writing songs and playing piano in elementary school. And she's been singing since she could talk, according to to her. Um, She started teaching herself how to play the guitar when she was at an early age. And she really focuses primarily on rock, but continues to explore and experiment with boundaries of rock, blues, and country, and is proficient in traditional pieces, both jazz and pop. She's been all over performing. Um, She's been at the bitter end. Studio Webster Hall, the Bowery, uh, Bowery Electric, excuse me, in New York City, just to name a few. And in fact, um, she is a graduate of the Berkeley College of Music, which, by the way, I'm very curious, we'll, we'll get into this, is also where one of the current contestants for uh, American Idol went to school. So anyway, just an interesting school that's come up a few times. So anyway, let's get into it. Ava, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with a little bit about, you know, you telling me a little bit about who you are and kind of how you got into all of this. Obviously, it was very young. Yeah. What else can I say after all of that? Um, But I started when I was about 10 years old, I guess, and I knew that I wanted to be a musician And there's never really been a plan B. And it's not only been a huge outlet for me, but I became very passionate about writing, not only for myself, but for others. And helping people through music has been my mission and life's work. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So you decided, I think I saw something in here where you were, you had one major, (laughs) And you said, no, no, not what I want to do. So tell me about how that happened. And um, I mean, I think a lot of people end up starting in one place and then switch over. But what happened? Yeah. um, Well, so I actually first attended Marymount Manhattan College um, Mm -hmm. and I was studying business there. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I didn't want to be in a desk in an office and Mm -hmm. I obviously love music a lot and I was like what am I doing and so I I took some time off Mm -hmm. and then I started applying to state schools city colleges and Berkeley was kind of my long shot Um, and I actually didn't get accepted to any of the state or city colleges and I got into Berkeley Mm. so I think, I don't think my parents even thought I was going to get in, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So Berkeley was 
my second chance kind of and I started out doing the songwriting major there and I what I really wanted to do was music production and engineering and Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more um, challenging just to get to Um, they have this whole interview process in addition and it took me three times before I finally got in so I persevered and finally did it and ended up completing both majors. So when you think about where you're at at this point, which is very early in terms of, you know, breaking into the business, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, how you've gotten to where you are and, and who's kind of mentoring you. I would say I would probably start that with while I was at Marymount, I started working at this studio in the Chelsea area called Mad Pan Productions that no longer exists, unfortunately. But I started shadowing the engineer there and he actually ended up producing my first like big EP project. And I really didn't know anything about the art of recording. I just kind of sang and played and performed and I was first introduced to it really by him. His name is Uri Jamal. And he actually just so happened to have gone to Berkeley as well. And at that time, Berkeley wasn't on my radar at all. And so it's just kind of funny how things kind of came full circle there. But he introduced me to it. And I just fell in love with this whole other part of music that I I never really thought of. So it was mostly him in the beginning. And um, then I had obviously amazing professors at school too. And it all opened my eyes so much more to an industry that I thought was kind of minuscule, I guess, mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And- I, I love that though. I, I love that because um, in a lot of our interviews, there's somebody, there's usually somebody, yeah. a mentor or someone, um, a professor, what, whatever it might be, who kind of turns somebody onto something and it takes you down a path which... Um, maybe you never even thought about, or it just reinforces and kind of gives you that, you know, cheerleading on the side. So that's great. That's great. So, so then you, you, you've recorded a few things. I don't know if there's any of the um, recordings that you want to talk about in particular, because I know there's a list. Yeah, there's a few. Um, I started when I was probably 13. I recorded two songs Um, we were living in New Jersey at the time and I did two songs and that was my first ever studio experience but I wasn't thinking about engineering at that point at all I was just kind of like cool I go in and sing and somebody presses record and like that's it you know and then we moved to North Carolina shortly after that where I did another two songs at another studio still not really thinking about the process, but obviously I was very involved in it. And um, now I have a lot of experience recording as an artist, but also for artists as well. And then I did a lot of stuff at Berkeley. I did my, I guess, second big EP that I mixed it all myself. I produced it and wrote all the songs and worked with some really, really great people on that. And 
that's probably my my proudest thing so far. But also, I have to mention my song Preacher, which I put out last November, kind of about Trump and it was like my first political statement, I guess. Oh, interesting. So my my mom my mom was super proud. <laughs> wow. But um yeah, just kind of like talking about his his holding the Bible in front of the church mm-hmm. kind of struck a struck something inside of me and I was just like kind of pissed. And Got it. so I wrote about it and put it out there and that was all done just primarily in this room mm. that I'm sitting mm-hmm. in now. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that because I think you've touched on something really um, that a lot of people recognize, which is music is such a great vehicle to express yourself, um, to give many people comfort. Um, so it is just so, so very important in terms of uh, uh, the, you know, enriching our lives. So I, I love that. And thank you for doing it. I'm sure people are going to be curious as to how to listen to it and how to get a, you know, how to download it. So we'll talk about that, um, you know, toward the end, but so tell me, I mean, gosh, in this industry, I'm not in it, but I'm sure there's a million obstacles. So do you have any couple of tips that, you know, people who are thinking about getting into the entertainment business, perhaps the music business, any tips that you've like picked up along the way so far? Um, I guess being able to handle rejection, first of all, (laughs) and I mean, now, like with the coronavirus, that's, that's been my biggest obstacle and definitely a lot of other musicians and people in the entertainment industries. And it's been really hard, like I have to be honest, but I guess the advice that I would give is just trying to adapt in any given situation. Like this year, I I had two different live sound engineering gigs that I was about to start doing, and then everything shut down. And, you know, at first I was like freaking out. And then I was like, how can I adapt and still reach people without being able to see them? So I did all of these live streaming concerts and raised money for causes like COVID relief and uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and the Loveland Foundation. So I just tried to like make the most, I guess, of a mm-hmm. bad situation. And yeah, so I, w- I would say being able to handle rejection and being able to adapt and mm-hmm. that would be probably two important things. I think those are important for everybody in every career. I mean, so, you know, now you're sort of looking at where you're at at this point. Um, Was there any road that you had? I mean, you made some big decisions on at a very early point, but so far, was there anything that you, like, was there a road that you think, "Mm, I should have gone down that one at that point, I could be further along? How do you feel about where you're at? That's a good question. Because I think about I think about this sometimes. Um, I had a lot of kind of big opportunities when I was really, really young. Mm. And I had meetings with producers and people at BMI who 
I met with this person. She listened to my music at the time mm-hmm. and was like, I could hear this in a totally different way, more like pop oriented. And I'm like sitting there like in my leather jacket and my hood up and stuff. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. That's not me. And Mm. I sometimes think about if I had just changed that, maybe I would be further along. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, I am really bad at being fake and pretending. So I've never wanted to do something that didn't feel like myself. So to answer the question, I guess, yes and no. (laughs) Mm-hmm. but mostly no because I want to stay true to who I am I think that's an important point too in any career you have to be true to yourself and you have to you know you have to be genuine authentic is the word they they use a lot so you know I'm gonna switch a little bit here to um just a little some fun facts about you but one thing I wanted to start out with which I think is is kind of a fun fact is that you and your mom launched keeping room records together. So what is that? And how did you guys get into it? Well, I am surprised we didn't do it a million years ago. Mm. I, for some reason, I thought it would be this really big daunting task. And it was surprisingly kind of easy. It felt just very natural. And it just sort of happened. We've we haven't done a really big launch of it necessarily, but I've been working with a few clients and basically it's a fully remote production studio slash company that we, we do customized music, jingles, ads, mixing, engineering, overdubs. It's a really long list. So hear that everybody. Yeah. Availability here and probably reasonably priced. So there you Definitely. go. Definitely. Give you a little commercial. How's that? So let's let's switch a little bit even more and just getting to know you. Tell me, who's the person that you admire the most? The first person that really came to mind is my little brother. And I'm 11 years older than him. Mm. And I took care of him a lot when my parents had to work. And I spent so much time with him. I really don't remember life before that. And he just continues to keep me grounded and spirited more than probably anyone else. That's so sweet. I love that. So as a musician, I'm going to ask you the ultimate question. Who is your favorite musician? Hmm. And I know you have to pick one. That's tough, but. Right now, it's Brandy Carlisle because I am reading her memoir, and it's like I loved her before, but I love her even more now. Reading mm-hmm. all of this about her, so okay, great for our reading list too. Favorite city, London. Mm, That's nice. like an easy one for me. There you go. <laughs> Favorite food. Um, pizza, pasta, like, yay. After this whole, after my heart, we've had people who've said like avocado. Oh, my other personal. No. Kale. (laughs) It's like, come on, really? No, I'm not holding back on that one. Yeah, no, no, that's good. That's good. 
So um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to uh, play a song for sure. us. So exciting. Um, yeah, well, I'll give a little backstory to this. So a couple of years ago, I performed at the CMO Club at their Nashville mm-hmm. Summit, mm-hmm. which was really awesome and slightly terrifying at the same time. <laughs> and I performed my song, Tennessee, and I played it. And afterwards, this man comes up to me, starts talking to me and my sister. She was there. Mm-hmm. And we start talking to him for a really long time. And he is the CEO of Encourage X, which is this mm-hmm. new platform to spread words of encouragement to friends and family through articles, videos, photos, whatever. Mm-hmm. And just a really good person. And we connected and he wanted me to write a song about encouragement. And so I wrote a pretty decent song. And then a couple of weeks later, I met with a close family friend who courageously told me her story of her son's opioid addiction. And I couldn't believe how open and honest she was being. And she said, I don't know if I'll ever get those pieces of myself back. And I don't know if he knows what that did to me. I guess I'll have to live broken open. And I was like, wow, I got to write that down. (laughs) And so I wrote this song called Broken Open to kind of display this message of encouragement and not letting these traumas destroy you or dictate you, but to become stronger from them. Beautiful. Another night spent out on the run Stole your mama's jewelry for another bomb While she's on her knees praying for a sign There's a little piece left behind So she took your clothes Threw him in the yard Gave you one last chance Held your hands to her heart And her tears ran down Said it's gonna be fine There's a little piece left inside Yeah, your heart beats next to mine We're broken, broken open We'll never be the same, we keep going on We're broken, broken open Pieces of our past only make us strong Broken open Dried her eyes and whispered in her ear. You wouldn't let her down, 
despite your fear and in the darkness there was still a light and a little peace left inside so she held you close like a child again and made peace and knowing her heart would someday mend said it's so worth it to know that you would be alive there's a little peace left inside yeah your heart beats next to mine we're broken broken open we'll never be the same we keep going on only make us strong and broken open broken open beautiful oh my gosh what a great song I feel like you, you should go out for like American Idol or one of these shows. You're ready. Go. I did. I did American Idol actually. You did. I yeah, um. Back. It was oh. awful. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Why? That's another story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know we learn from lots of different uh, experiences, don't we? Yes. <laughs> yes, and I can say that I tried. So. There you go. I know what it's like. You know what it's like. So, Ava, how can our listeners reach out to you? Do you have a website, email? Yes, avaanderson.com and keepingroomrecords.com. Fantastic. Ava, it has been wonderful, and I hope that our listeners are inspired. You are certainly early on in your journey, in your career journey, and we expect great things from you. And hopefully anyone else who's listening will feel inspired and energized. And even if you're afraid to take that leap, look at what Ava's doing. Um, she's following her dreams. She's following her heart and she's being true to herself. So thanks again, everyone. And thanks for listening to It's Great Business. See you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Intracoastal Marketing, LinkedIn at Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, and Instagram and Twitter at It's Great Business. And visit us on the web at intracoastalmarketingstrategy.com.